You're listening to episode 168 of the Mad Chatters podcast, December 20th, 2017. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> another episode of the Mad Chatters podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney universe. I'm Derek, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, Matthew. Hey there. And Jeremy. We are one. Ah, are we going to talk of some rivers of light tonight? Oh no, I wrote that song. I don't oh, know is that what that is? I it's so forgettable. I didn't even. <gasps> How dare you? Okay, save it. Okay. Save it. Uh, that's a little tease because, as you might have noticed, we did not have a podcast last week. And the reason is that all three of us spent some time in Walt Disney World. And it just wasn't going to work out for us to record a podcast. But we're so excited to be back now to talk about all of the things we did and ate and experienced and saw and all of that fun stuff. Uh, but before we get to that, it has been two weeks and some pretty big things have happened in that time. So let's talk about those. First of all, the Walt Disney Company got a lot bigger over the last few days. On Thursday, December 14th, it was rumored and finally it was confirmed that Disney acquired the film and TV divisions of 21st Century Fox for the small price of $52.4 billion. What is your initial reaction to this news? Uh, you know, Winston Churchill, I believe, said, capitalism is the worst system except for all the others. And uh, this is a beautiful capitalistic moment of one company purchasing another company. But I think it does come with a little bit of warning that, man, Disney owns a lot. They are really monop monopolizing the industry between now, how many have they bought now? It's between Pixar, Lucasfilm, Marvel, 21st Century Fox. Is that what it is or is it 20th? 21st. 21st. So, you know, there's a lot of things under one umbrella. And uh, I'm sure if you're a creative person or if you're in the industry, that can be a little di uh, disconcerting. As a fan, I think it's great. I think that uh, uh, we're going to get some unique content and some unique exposure, perhaps even in the parks, to uh, some things that we wouldn't have ever gotten before. Like Avatar. Oh, wait. Yeah. Or like Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is now under the Disney umbrella. So I would like a Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, cast I mean, stage show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. That's the thing I think about all the Fox properties and FX and everything. It's like, as exciting as it is for Disney to acquire new things, it's um, it's kind of like, what, what can they actually use? Like, what's going to be, what's going to be, what are they actually going to latch onto? Like, we joked about a Family Guy dark ride. But, I mean, really, what can they really pick up on and just run with it? And that's my concern, I guess, is, as Disney. Marvel made sense. Lucasfilm made obvious sense. Uh, Pixar made lots of sense. This is the first one that's been like, hmm, 
I wonder, like, I don't want Disney to lose its identity in the midst of all of these um, acquisitions. If I had to take a take a guess, I think this is probably mostly a money-making grab, more so than a content or IP grab. Yeah. As far as expanding into the Disney universe, with the exception of, I think, the one that everybody kind of seem to be tweeting about the most is the possibility of like the x-men in the marvel universe those kind of things yeah it just it furthers the awkwardness with the the universal stuff um fantastic four and x-men having a heavy presence at marvel superhero island and then um you know the simpsons land that's <laughs> i mean it's just it's just a weird thing it was already weird with you know, like spider-man and stuff the way that's beginning to happen but um, now even weirder like when you go to Universal, it's basically like they're just everybody gets the Universal's getting the finger at their own parks. Like we we own all this. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I, no, Matt, what you said. I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. Pixar, Muppets, Marvel, Star Wars, like all of that feels like creative decisions. Where Disney says, we Disney said we could take this because this is so on brand for us, and we can sort of you know, ingrain it into our already owned products and it's going to be great and it's going to feel disney and fox just feels like we're going to lose a lot of money to some other competitor if they buy it so let's buy it and so many of those things feel so off-brand for disney well i would say it'd be what it'd be disheartening for me if we were in a weird place with disney right now but it seems like things are going well i mean animation studios doing well parks are doing you know relatively well at least in terms of putting out new things and we're kind of in the midst of a have been in the midst of kind of a, another Disney renaissance here in the first of the 21st century. Um, so let's let's see what happens. Yeah. Well, just to give you some ins and outs of the deal, uh, Disney bought the film and TV divisions, which means they said, you can keep Fox News. <laughs> we, don't, <laughs> we don't want that. Uh, Fox also maintained control of the Fox Broadcast Network. It kept... Fox Sports 1, and it kept their actual studio lot in Los Angeles. Uh, But some of the, I think some of the most on-brand, if you will, acquisitions that were a part of this for Disney, first of all, we now own, well, we, Disney now owns (laughs) Avatar, which is, in my opinion, better for like cohesiveness and synergy in the park. I don't know how much they'll control the movies because you know Disney has a lot of control over those Star Wars movies as we see as we've seen this year with all the shakeups. I wonder if they'll do the same type of thing with James Cameron. I don't know. But beyond that, like you said, they also now own rights to the X-Men characters. So maybe Wolverine, maybe Deadpool, maybe these characters could become part of the MCU. I think Hugh Jackman has said I want to say when he finished Logan, he said he was done unless the opportunity came up for him to be part of the Avengers. Oh. I don't know if he still feels that way, but that would be interesting. Well, I'd be like, up yours. I'm just picking. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to play Wolverine just to play Wolverine? That's fine. And apparently Fox has maintained distribution rights for A New Hope, Episode 4, but now Disney will have that, so that's good. And Disney is now the majority shareholder of Hulu, which is kind of interesting since they're launching their own streaming service in just a couple years. So. Listen, if we can do anything, let's get the advertising off of Hulu without having to pay the extra fee. 
Because if Netflix can do it, there's no excuse why Hulu can't. I am so tired of the ads on Hulu. It drives me crazy. I understand ads on shows that like aired the night before. Yeah, but things like Family Matters. I mean, why why should there be ads there? Yeah, that family was a matters. very very random pick, but okay, I'll allow it. I mean, Family <laughs> Matters. I, I'm thinking of shows that are have been off the air for years. You know, as opposed to I missed last night's episode of Agents of Shield. Like, I want to catch up on that. Uh, it's not that Family Matters. It's it's Family Matters. Fam- family Matters. Family Matters. Family Matters. Gotcha. Matters of the family, not that the family matters. Um, what is going on? <laughs> uh, emphasis on on words. Um, th- three words. Home Alone reboot. <laughs> John Williams, conductor, we- composer, and uh, that John Hughes guy. He's dead, right? He is. Uh, you guys, on the side note, I'm so excited because I'm seeing an I'm seeing Home Alone Thursday night as the symphony plays the score oh yeah i'm so excited that's, that's one of those cool. weird 90s moments where you have a completely kitschy albeit timeless movie with this epic soundtrack uh-huh <laughs> this is a strange thing but it's wonderful i've been thinking about that soundtrack a lot i feel like over the last 20 years or however however long it's been that soundtrack has become christmas music like it's so christmasy absolutely it is but it's it's strictly tied to that movie, which is funny. Mm-hmm. What about what about a wet bandits meet and greet during the Christmas party? Oh, I do that. I would meet Marv and the other guy. There's this sticky <laughs> bandits now. What is his name? Harold? Harry. 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 Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough of the Fox News. Uh, Disney, good luck. I'm very excited to see what happens with all that. But let's talk about the parks for a little bit. So kind of hidden in the news last week was this little announcement that a new show is coming to Disney's Animal Kingdom in the spring. This new experience, this is from the Disney Parks blog, will offer guests the chance to see senior wilderness explorer Russell and his furry friend Doug as they discover species of birds from around the world in their newest adventure at the Caravan Theater in Anandapur Village. So can you guess what's going away? Flights of Wonder. Ding, ding, ding. I don't like to think of it's going away. It's just being transformed, apparently. Being rebirthed. (laughs) A la its Asian homeland. (laughs) That is kind of true, yeah. I mean, it's still a bird show. It's just now there are characters. But it's coming back as the same thing, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But Flights of Wonder, as we know it, goes away December 31st. So you diehard Flights of Wonder fans, better get your last show in. Mm. Are there flights, diehard flights? I was going to say, if you are that, please write us and let us know. (laughs) And why. (laughs) It's that Fraser Crane joke. (laughs) All right. uh, This isn't huge news, but, you know, we two of us at least are big Broadway fans. So I feel like we should at least mention that the performers have been announced for Festival of the Arts, the second annual Festival of the Arts, in just a few weeks, actually. It's going to start a little bit earlier this year. And one of the coolest things I thought was, you know, we're big Newsies fans. Kara Lindsay, who plays Catherine on Newsies and is terrific if you ever get a chance to watch the filmed version of the original Broadway cast. She's married to Kevin Massey, who came to Epcot last year, and they're performing together. 
So I thought that was kind of cool. January 12th, and then later on January 19th, those two weekends, they're going to perform songs from Tarzan, Aladdin, Newsies, and Frozen, which makes me wonder if they're going to perform any new songs from the Broadway version of Frozen. Hmm. Well, you know, with the 21st Century Fox purchase, Disney has to, you know, tighten the purse strings so they're able to save on a hotel room by bringing the couple so that's what's happening wow yeah you only get behind the magic uh news like that on this show folks that's right i have to admit i'm not as familiar with the other two performers like the weekends after that january 26th and february 2nd is kissy simmons and alton fitzgerald white and then the third set February 9th and February 16th. I have heard of these two. Ashley Brown, you know, kind of a Disney favorite. And oh, she's, she was in Star Wars, Clone Wars, whatever. And she did a voice because she was at everything. Don't you remember back when it's like Star Wars weekends? She was always there. Uh, yeah. The one on TV, is that her? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but she's also like a Broadway staple. Like she was the one who sang with Richard Sherman at Disneyland 60th. I'm know. pretty sure it was her. There was always this Ashley that was always there. Huh. She played Mary Poppins on Broadway. Oh, wait. Never mind. That's not her. Okay. <laughs> I was now. like, this is... I don't know about this. But, you know, there, know. Was always, there was an Ashley somebody who was in the Clone Wars TV show something that, I mean, every time they were advertising something Hollywood Studios Star Wars related, and it was always like, come meet Ashley so-and-so. And it's like... Does she live there? Because she's she's there more than Gearness. Yes. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, if you're an Ashley so and so fan, you're going to be really disappointed at this at this concert because it's Ashley Brown, along with Josh Strickland. So anyway, Festival of the Arts starts in three weeks. Kind of crazy. Wow, that's really soon. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. Well, the last thing I wanted to bring up was episode eight. The last. Ashley Eckstein. Ashley Eckstein. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know okay. that name. Okay. Okay, well, you kind of buried the lead on this next one. But what Speaking I was gonna, of Star Wars. <laughs> what I was going to say, yeah. Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Did either of you see it? I did. Okay. No Friday. spoilers. I haven't seen it tonight. Oh, we Jeremy. Oh, uh, you have a Disney podcast. Come on. Uh, some of us also have jobs that require us to work. I have jobs. <laughs> I <went laughs> so, well, I guess we, we keep it spoiler free anyway, right? Yeah. Please. Derek, I'm assuming you really, really loved it. So give your review first. Why are you assuming that? I just uh, assume. You know, I, I need to see it again. I honestly can't decide i mean i enjoyed it a lot but it was it was different it, it was different it was different i thought that i would be the um the the always what was the word grumpy pants uh voice <laughs> not that i didn't enjoy it because as a, a you know a mild star wars fan I, I did enjoy it but it also as a star wars fan left me with a lot of like oh oh okay is it is it have a darker turn to it a la emperor strikes back first of all empire strikes back what did i say emperor i meant empire well he struck back too uh dark was the exact word i used not only because the material was kind of dark but it it had the darkest scenes like actual lighting 
oh. yeah. was really dark throughout the whole movie. And I couldn't let go of that. I couldn't get past that. I mean, not in a bad way, but like almost every other scene took place at night or was underground or... Let me just say my two main pet, not pet peeves, this is not a re- recurring, recurring thing, two main um, objections, things that made me say, hmm, I don't know about that. One was glaring, obvious plot holes that I can deal with in a lot of things. You know, why couldn't they, why couldn't Frodo and, and Samwise just take the, the big eagle things, the griffins or whatever to to Mordor or what have you said. I can deal with things for the sake of story. There's a lot of things in this and since Jeremy hasn't seen it, we won't spoil anything. So, it just you, you'll know it when it happens. Like, there's lots of things, lots of things that are like hmm, that this wasn't necessary. This was, this is super questionable. Uh, <laughs> things like that. The other thing was that it was um, in many ways such a vast departure from something that feels like star wars to me mm-hmm. now the complaint with force awakens you know people say well it was just a repeat of episode four and, and agreed you know but it was still enjoyable maybe for that reason so um you know with kudos to ryan johnson who literally made this his own thing and has set up episode nine as a completely different thing um that was one of the things i sat there like i i understand why this is happening and i feel like it's necessary to happen but at the same time, this doesn't go the way I want it to go. For me, it was amazing how something as little as, you know, a Star Wars film, every single one, when it transitions between sh- scenes, it has like the swipe down. Yes. Or the screen transitions. Or a circle or something. Or the circle or something. And this movie only used that a couple of times. And, and it's funny how something as small as that made the entire movie feel so different. I will say that this was one of my favorite soundtracks that's what i said of any star wars film i thought was beautiful john williams knocked it out of the park yeah it's good very moving and you know to be fair about half of that reaction from me is because of no spoilers recurring themes that that came back i was like yes you know there's one point no spoilers where they play leia's theme just on the piano uh, and it was like, yes, this could not be more perfect right now. I was just in the seat worshiping. <laughs> I was like, people can't see you, Matt. People can't Hallelujah. see you. Yeah. Um, no, that, I thought that was a, one of the highlights of the film. Yeah. Well, you know, the theme of the movie kind of felt like let the past die. Like that kept that was a recurring thing throughout the movie. And I feel like that was kind of like breaking the fourth wall too, like telling the audience what you think you know about Star Wars. We're kind of letting that die and going in a new direction. And, and they did, and I think a lot of it worked. But again, I want, I want to see it again, and this time I can focus not on the fact that it's different, but I can just, in, I can just accept and appreciate the movie for what it is. And mm-hmm. character-wise, I think they're going a lot of great directions. They're giving these characters a lot more depth than we've seen in many of the earlier Star Wars movies. And there's like that push and pull where you kind of see why characters are making their choices, and it's good stuff. Did you think so? Yeah, absolutely. I felt like for two characters in particular, uh, maybe one, maybe only one, because of the two I'm talking about, only one was returning from episode seven. And uh, I, it was Finn, and it's not a spoiler. For, for whatever reason, he felt like a background character in this one. 
and I felt like I, I didn't get to know anything more about him or really care what was going on with him. Yeah, I think the idea is to really bring him back strong in episode nine because Poe Dameron even got more screen time than Finn did, which I loved because I think he's a great character. But yeah, I kind of agree with that. Finn took a backseat, sort of. Um, and on the, the subject of the fourth wall, that might have been my third one. There's a lot of humor in this one yeah. that is out of character for a Star Wars film. And again, it's one of those things like, well, let, let the past die. You know, let, we're moving in a different direction. It's 21st century and whatever. But there's a few times I was like, that is bizarre humor right now. It was jarring. <laughs> like one of the opening scenes. Yeah. With the phone call. Yes. I yes. was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, this is very strange. Funny. I mean, I laughed at all of the times where, you know, these we, these happen. But there were like, I mean, like three in particular. I'm like, that is very odd. Uh, how, two... did the, uh, how did the audiences seem to react in the theaters that you were in? Because Derek saw it on opening night. Matt, I don't know if you saw it opening but no. you definitely saw it opening weekend. So probably two different audiences. Derek was probably very Star Wars number one fans. Uh, Matt probably was just people who were fans, but not hardcore. What was the overall reactions that you could tell? Our theater was super into it. I, I would say three or four times we all <laughs> erupted into applause. Mm. Oh, wow. But it's, it's funny that you say that, though, because let me drop you. Let me drop some numbers real quick. Over the weekend, it had the second biggest opening weekend ever for a movie in the U.S., $220 million, second only to The Force Awakens, which made $248 million. It has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is one of the best scores for a Star Wars movie, but the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is only 56%. Yeah, I saw that. And I think that's the way I feel. Like, as a movie, enjoyable, and there are a lot of artistic elements that I could say, okay, I see what you're doing there, and it's visionary, and it's it's moving in a different direction. But from a fan's perspective, it would have been like, this is weird. Some parts. A lot of parts. Yeah, I see, I don't at all. Like, I would... I, I rank it pretty high. It, it's just... It takes some getting used to, but... I, I'm not a... I'm not opposed to going a different direction. No, me neither. I'm one of the weirdos that has Revenge of the Sith on my top three. <laughs> okay. Uh, from like the Earth, from the the prequel trilogy, I actually like that one a lot. So, this one's probably number four in my list. Okay. Well, I do may maybe want to talk about it a bit more in the new year once Jeremy has seen it. Um, but listeners, let us know what you thought. I'm I'm very intrigued to know because obviously it was a polarizing movie with that 56. percent mm. So. All right, uh, I have a little article I want to read to you all. It was posted on TMZ.com, and this says, Disneyland sued. Happiest place my... <laughs> A-double-S-S. -S. Um, <laughs> That's a lot of S's. <laughs> oh, yeah, my bad. Uh, you blacklisted us from Club 33. Reading straight from the article. Mickey Mouse and his cronies at Disneyland are uh -uh. picking favorites within the park's exclusive Club 33, which costs two members access to the group, according to a new lawsuit. Carlton Enterprises, repped by Sean Macias, is suing the happiest place on earth for what he, 
for what it calls vengeful retaliation and wrongful termination of their prez and vice president, Scott and Diana Anderson's Club 33 memberships this past October after a new general manager came on board. In the docs obtained by TMZ, the Andersons allege that since Luke Stedman started running the day-to-day operations at Club 33 last year, he went out of his way to blacklist the couple, going so far as to suspend their memberships twice over the rumors that they badmouthed the club, and Miss Anderson allegedly, quote, raised her voice, end quote, <laughs> before kicking them out entirely. The final straw from the Anderson side, anyway, went down earlier this year while Scott was attending a fantasy draft event at Disney's California Adventure and suddenly became very ill. He says Stedman accused him of being drunk and pulled the plug after that. The Andersons say Disney has no right to revoke their memberships without due process, and they're asking a judge for damages. Club 33 ain't cheap after all. We've reached out to Disney Parks for comment, and so far, no word back. So, your thoughts. Does Club 33 have the right to revoke memberships just because they want to? Um, yes. Uh, all right. I just thought it was interesting that that these people. I mean, Club Thirty Three membership obviously is very expensive. You're talking thousands and thousands of dollars, and I yeah. feel like they would really go out of their way to, um, yes, maintain a level of superiority. Dignity. Yeah, dignity, superiority, <laughs> respect. Um, but it sounds like the main reason why they're revoking these memberships is perhaps these members had raised vocal concerns about the club or the maybe the, the food quality or whatever who knows but they they said they spoke publicly against the club um so to revoke their memberships just because of that seems a bit harsh uh, yeah i mean if you can believe the article if you're gonna pay that much for club 33 i should think you should be able to give your honest opinions about the place especially if you feel like you're not getting your money's worth yeah but uh good news is Two new spots have opened up for those who are in the waiting line. So uh, congratulations to the two new members. And we'll keep you updated if any more information breaks. Hmm. Uh, Well, I think we should give a shout out to two of our listeners, Kevin and Danielle, who sent us some wonderful Christmas gifts that I think we were all very touched by and we enjoyed very much. Yes, I very shocked. Our listeners don't you don't have to send us gifts, but we certainly don't turn them away. So uh, <laughs> thank you so much. They sent us some lovely Disney Parks uh, signage, and I, I mean they know me well. They got me a great moments with Mr. Lincoln and an Alice in Wonderland signage, and it's beautiful. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, very cool. Merry Christmas to you both. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. As I mentioned before, the three of us have spent some time in Walt Disney World over the last few weeks. Nope, just days. Days and a week. Uh, And we want to give a trip report on this show. So we're going to kind of go chronologically and talk about all of the things we experienced. But before we do, Jeremy, I got to ask, 
You lived in Florida for years, had an annual pass, you were at Disney fairly frequently, but now it's been two years. So what were your feelings just going back for that first time? Oh, Lord. Well, this was the um, longest that I've taken a sabbatical from the parks since I started going now 10 years, over 10 years ago. And I think I told you this while we were there. I really had compartmentalized my feelings for Walt Disney World while I was back here in the Midwest um, because, you know, you get feeling sad and nobody likes to feel sad every day, you know, kind of thing because you miss the thing you love. Um, so I really had done a good job as far as uh, suppressing these longings that I had for Walt Disney World until like a few days before my trip. And then it was just like, I just allowed myself to feel things that I hadn't felt in a while. <laughs> and I was just like very weepy and excited. Are you talking and... about Disney World? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was, I was an emotional wreck uh, preparing to go. But uh, it felt great to go. It was wonderful to be back. It's the, from the moment I stepped on the plane on Saturday morning, it was just like a big ball of energy just rushing through me and excitement. And I felt like a child all over again. And like I said, this is the longest I've been without Walt Disney World. And I will never go that long again. Oh, well, I'm so glad to hear it. Uh, so, yeah. So the week kind of built up for us each like we were all we were all kind of doing our own things of course matt was uh still at work for a lot of the week but we were trying to experience things that we personally had not done before knowing that at the end of the long weekend all three of us would finally be back together after almost three years of not seeing each other in person uh so i actually arrived before jeremy and the first thing i did was went to candlelight processional because i knew i wouldn't be able to see it when jeremy and matt were seeing it later in the week so i was there to see jody benson have either of you seen jody benson do candlelight i did a few years ago yeah she i I don't remember anything like special about it but i remember seeing her okay well candlelight's always enjoyable it's the same songs the same terrific orchestra the trumpet players that come out but it's the narrator who adds you know their little differences and Jody Benson, like, the story clearly means a lot to her. In fact, at the very end, she started to cry because it was her last show. We went to the last show Friday night, and she'd already done three or four that week. And she started to cry because she was like, "You, this is one of the most special things I get to do every year, and it just means so much to me. And she was all tearing up. She was probably crying because she's unemployed now till next year's Candlelight <laughs> Processional. <laughs> <laughs> no one will hire me but Disney because no one knows who I am. Uh, no, but she she was very emotional and it was very sweet. And she had her family there with her, which she doesn't always get to do. So that was special. And I enjoyed it. Like she did a good job. But let me tell you, Jody Benson was a drama kid in high school. Like she was most certainly in theater club or drama club or something because she, I, I don't know how to say it other than she brought the drama like the line about, and the wise, I mean, this is not a slam on her. This is just how it happened. And the wise men brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then the choir started singing. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> and every line was like that. And, and I think it's because it meant so much to her, which was cool to see. But yeah, she, she brought it. She sounds like she was in pain. Was she okay? <laughs> Joy, 
to <laughs> the world. We like to very close. <laughs> anyway, but I was glad I got to see it because it is one of my favorite things at Christmas time. It's Candlelight Processional. And uh, yeah, so that's how I started the week. And then Jeremy arrived the next day. But before you, you got there, Jeremy, I wanted to see some of the new Hollywood Studios Christmas stuff. You didn't go to Hollywood Studios at all, did you? I did not waste a dime <laughs> at Hollywood Studios. I do not blame you. One of the reasons I went is, A, Santa Gertie. I had to see her in person. She looked terrific. The Christmas tree in the middle of Echo Lake looks great. Love it. But I also wanted to ride Star Tours because they, in the last couple of weeks, have changed it to where every single time you ride it, you're going to get the same three sequences, for now at least, to make sure everyone sees them. And all three sequences are from the new trilogy so we got a lot of poe dameron we got some finn we got kylo ren there were some new vehicles from the last jedi that were featured and they were really good scenes they were fun um i wrote it twice and it was the exact same i just wanted to make sure so if you know if you want your last jedi fix at hollywood studios go check out the new star tour scenes yeah, hundred bucks for Gertie and Star Tours. <laughs> well, there's there's not only that. So later there's in- the Minnie Mouse can can things. Oh, that that is almost worth the price. <gasps> You're right. Oh my gosh, I didn't even stop to look at those. Dang uh, it! You missed out on a third of the attraction. <laughs> <laughs> I also did Frozen Sing Along because they added some Christmas stuff. So basically, what they do is they do the entire show like normal. And at the end, they cram in some of the songs no, from thank you. Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Hey, now listen, I, I have an update to my Olaf uh, Frozen Adventure re- uh, review. Still feel very much the same about everything, except I have grown warm to the final song. Which one is the final? Uh, the one about when I'm with you, it feels like Christmas. Okay. That I think that was the big finale in this show. It should be because that one that that song's really good because they sang it at that uh, ABC Parks special that you all scoffed at when I brought it up <laughs> a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and Idina Menzel and and Kristen Bell sang it live that well live you know for the show and um, people couldn't see my quote fingers so it was live but not live on television anyways uh, and after I heard them just singing it as a duet I was like. You know that's a pretty good song so not in the context of the short did i enjoy it but outside i have enjoyed it to the point that i spent a dollar 29 on it at the itunes store whoa and, and it is now featured prominently in my christmas playlist wow that's some dedication wow. yeah yeah uh but i guess you could kind of consider a holiday overlay you know you got jingle cruise and then you got frozen sing-along with um a little tag at the end christmas tag that's right and it was long, too. It was, it was like, you could have incorporated this into the normal show instead of just slapping on a 10-minute finale, but whatever. Uh, and then the other thing I did at Hollywood Studios, at night, I went back to see Sunset Seasons Greetings, where Tower of Terror is converted into a gingerbread house and a stack of presents and toys. And it was all right. I mean... <laughs> It still looks better than Mission Breakout, but it's all right. Yeah, it was just bizarre. I mean, each show lasts maybe a minute and 20 seconds. It's kind of crazy. The only thing that I've seen projection-wise on the Tower of Terror that I thought was like, wow, 
is the Han Solo and the Carbonite um, freezing, but that they project on that uh, for whatever show that is. I don't know, but um, that that looked pretty cool. I was like, whoa, that that looks really interesting on the Tower Tear. The rest of them, I'm like, that looks so bad and so cheesy and corny and stupid. So what they do is the billboard, two of the billboards, put on a little like 30 minute introduction to the specific show you're about to see. So like Swedish chef comes out and there's, dur, 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 dur. <laughs> Oh wow. That was so bad. <laughs> I was like, wow, is he here? That impression. <laughs> dur, 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 dur. Anyway. And he did that. And then you watch the Muppet show that lasts a minute. And then there's like a two minute pause. And then the next one comes. So there's, there's really not, not much time in between them. My favorite thing about it was they, they really pumped the music. So it was loud down Sunset Boulevard, and they blew snow. But the projections themselves, it is just kind of bizarre. I mean, that's fine. Like, sure, another Christmas thing, and it's only for a couple months, so it's not a big deal. But, I mean, the ride is still going, which is so weird to see the doors open up while you're trying to watch this show. Uh, I think they would have gone, I think we talked about this, I think it would have gone a long way just to, just to project, like, you know how they they can use the projection to almost you know simulate um, lighting, like just put some different lighting on the Tower of Terror with some you know Christmas decorations, almost as if you know when you when you've stepped on the Sunset Boulevard you've actually gone back in time to like Christmas on Sunset Boulevard in the in the 30s. Yes, that would have been great as an encompassing theme, but all the other stuff is is or bizarre. If, if they wanted to do a show, why not? keep the Tower of Terror spookiness and do like some sort of Nightmare Before Christmas uh, show. Maybe have Sandy Claws or whatever, you know, flying around the... With flying zero. around the stuff, doing the stuff. Doing the stuff with the thing and the and the what you call it, you know. Blowing snow. Isn't that <laughs> like, isn't that cocaine? It sounds like something you do. Cocaine. <laughs> like a, like a street, street jive. Dude, you want to go blow some snow? Yeah. <laughs> You guys want to come over to my house and blow some snow later? <laughs> anyway, Sunset Season's greetings. Take it or leave it. it. It did have every single person on that street stopped in their tracks just looking up, which was kind of bizarre. Uh, but speaking of Sandy Claus and Oogie Boogie, I also watched Jingle Bell Jingle Bam for the first time. It's, it is not my favorite. It was so <laughs> weird. Like, there yeah. was a two-minute-long scene of just, like, a uh, little collages that's not the word montages of scenes that took place on ice there are only maybe four scenes there's bambi there's the hockey scene in inside out and they picked maybe one more and they just showed those scenes over and over for two straight minutes it was weird and then they played the introduction music to what's this but just before the voice came in they played a whole verse of oogie boogie's song and i'm like this is not christmas how strange. It was weird. You said the Billboard show was 30 minutes? No. I've been sitting on that for about 10 minutes now. The Billboard... 30 seconds. 30 minutes. 30 oh. seconds. Okay. <laughs> you said minutes. Oh. No, no, no. It, he would just, like, introduce, like, basically, okay, the Muppet show is next. Oh, I was like, that's a long intro. <laughs> No, no, no. For a one-minute show. So sorry. 30 <laughs> seconds. Wow, that must have stressed you out for so long. Mm. They're looking at the billboard like, this is long. 30 minutes of foreplay for a one-minute show? What is this, a honeymoon? Oh! <laughs> so, oh, birdie, birdie. 
so just to wrap up Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam, the lasers are great. Everything else was kind of meh. So what, it had a good finale with the fireworks, but that's it. it. I don't know. Hollywood Studios, come on, guys. You, you can do better. You can do better. I can't I? <laughs> well, Jeremy, that's when we come to you. Because on that Saturday, you and I met up at Disney Springs. Yeah, so I flew in and... Um... Got settled in my Airbnb, and then I went to Disney Springs, and I met up with Derek and Aaron and Albert, uh, who I've never met in person, those other two, and so it was nice to finally meet them in person, other than just through the Twitterverse and Skype-verse. But we went to Deluxe Burger. Um, That was my first Disney meal that I've had in a while, and I gotta say it was pretty good. you know, I was so hungry though at that point that anything would have been good, even probably electric umbrella. But uh, oh, <laughs> burn! That does remind me when I was with Matt at Epcot. I don't mean to fast forward, but we walked out of Mouse Gears and Matt goes, "It smells like dog food out here," and I was like, "I think it's electric umbrella," and it really was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, so then I got to see the new Disney Springs, and it is so different. I can't believe how different it is, uh, to the point that I I was really having a hard time like orientating myself as far as. Now, what used to be here, and where is this, and where is that, and and uh, particularly in the new area, um, once you kind of get to the marketplace or whatever, it's kind of the same. But mm. uh, that new part where they t- put in the parking lot, it's very different. Yeah. Uh, back to Deluxe real quick. Matt, you might enjoy this. I got the Holiday Turkey Burger. Uh, yeah, I saw that. That looks delicious. Oh, my gosh. I've had turkey burgers before and said I would never get them again just because oh, they I like turkey burgers. Well, they they can be really dry sometimes if they're not made right and kind of flavorless. Uh, this was not that easily the best turkey burger I've had. It had a butternut squash risotto on it mm. and a cranberry aioli. Mm. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Mm, I I deluxe burger. I mean, I just like I just go there for the curry ketchup. That's my jam. Yeah, that's good too. We got the what was the garlic something. Oh, yeah, like a garlic ranch, I think yes. is what it was. It mm-hmm. was garlicky, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Garlic, there was garlic. no vampires near us that night. Because <laughs> no, uh, they don't like garlic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you got the joke. Actually, because they don't exist. Uh, but anyway, the, um, so then I uh, we went over to Jacques Lindsay's, uh, which Matt and I had been to previously. I just love Jacques Lindsay's. I love the atmosphere there. And then we had a big debate. Is it Jacques or is it Jacques? It's just Jacques. Yes. I thought French people say Jacques. He's not French. Exactly. We went over this a billion times because I said, yeah, if it's Jacques, it's spelled J-A-C. And you said, I know, but it's like the English spelling of the French name. And I'm like, okay, but it's but it's English. Jock. Who names their kid Jock, though? That's unfortunate. It's probably a nickname. Yeah, I would think so, too. We're unraveling unraveling this very quickly. I really have always thought it was Jock. And so if you choose to say Jock, I will not I will not judge you. Okay. Well, good, because he said it a lot on this show. <laughs> Well, we went to Jacques Lindsay's, or Jacques Lindsay, whatever you want to say, and uh, enjoyed a couple beverages, well, a beverage, and I forget what kind I had that night. Um, that night. Uh, I don't remember either. My Diet Coke was good. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, so then I went back to the room and went to bed because I was tired. Uh, whoa, but- whoa, 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 whoa. 
are we not forgetting something I'm sure our listeners are dying to know about? The Christmas tree trail. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, surprisingly, that did not make my notes, but we can talk about it. Go ahead. Matt, the Christmas tree trail was 20 times better than it was last year. It was a completely different experience. Zero multiplied by 20. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was as if they finally put a little bit of money towards it, is what it seemed like. Like, they realized, holy cow, last year was a crap ball, you know, rolled into, rolled and fried. Uh, we need to at least give uh, maybe 50 bucks a tree to kind of, but they also did something too this year. Of course, I, I only saw it through your guys' eyes last year, but I assume they didn't do this last year. But they were advertising different ornaments on every tree as well. So the trees were also a little bit of like a billboard. Uh I, just, I was actually kind of impressed, and I actually kind of enjoyed myself looking at them. Like, the Dumbo one especially, I remember just, just looking at it and being like, this is so cool. Oh, look at that. Look at that. And they had, like, a, a big kind of inspired Dumbo head. But it wasn't just, like, Dumbo's head on the tree. But you kind of saw ears sticking out, and you saw his hat as the tree topper. And they just did so many things right this year. So it wasn't just like a, a black feather like hanging on the no. tree. And... <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There were a few ornaments on a few of the trees that was like, oh, that they... This is from the Hallmark store. Yeah, they wrote that one in. Uh, but other than that, pretty impressive. Pretty fun. Okay. But any any tree that had mermaids on them, the mermaids looked atrocious. Like yeah. like Barbie dolls that had been in your, you know, uh, little girl's uh, <laughs> bathtub. Um toy box for too long so the hair was like you know everything straight and crazy anyways yeah christmas tree trail i actually kind of enjoyed uh it was fun to go through and kind of I, again i was ready to make fun tear down but a couple trees in we were like okay all right a couple trees in good. <laughs> and it's free you know like my my sister's family was there last night and she was asking what to do in disney springs and i mentioned that and she was like, uh, but does it cost money? And I was like, you know what? I guess it is kind of surprising that they did all that. And no, it doesn't cost money. You just walk through. Then we got a free pen. That's true. That's what they asked me last year. You know, when we were together, remember when we were together and we were trying to think of the time when the person asked me if I enjoyed something and I told them no. It was the Christmas tree trail. <laughs> I remember that as we left. That was it. I said no. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. <laughs> um are they not doing they're not doing the drone um show this year are they no i, I was kind of sad about that but that did not return yeah that was interesting mm -hmm. uh can we also say that the week at least saturday and sunday it was very cold in orlando like uncomfortably cold uh so keep that in mind that the christmas tree show we also kind of went through kind of quickly because it was it was chilly yeah um but yeah so disney springs looks great i'm glad that it's still up and coming uh good to see it kind of in its is it done i mean is everything done as far as we know i mean i know they're redoing the the lanuba show but i don't think they're going to tear down the theater for that and disney quest is still in the process of being taken down but everything else well i mean like, all of NBA experience has to come. They announced three new restaurants for the new year that are coming. So, That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Lots, lots of things. Yeah. The parking garages look good, too. Of course, the one parking garage had been completed the last time I was there. But the second one was still in the process. So I'm glad to see it post-construction because I hear it was a nightmare mid-construction. And, and 
I can vaguely remember that. So I went to sleep Saturday night because I was tired. Derek went to back to Hollywood Studios, like he already mentioned. Sunday. Oh, I thought you did that on Saturday night. No, I did that later in the week. I just wanted to get all my Hollywood Studios stuff out of the way. Saturday night, oh, I actually gotcha. went to Hoop Dee Doo Musical Review. That's right. Which uh, have you either of you done that now? Not Christmas. It, it was just a regular show. Okay. Uh, so, from what I understand, it's still just the regular show, but then maybe three times throughout it, they just kind of take a break and turn down the lights, and they do a Christmas song. I see. Yeah. Listen, Hoop Dee Doo is fun. I think the script, like, it doesn't always work. It's a little corny, and not in like a, oh, that's hilarious because it's corny way, but almost like too corny to where it's not funny anymore. Uh, but at the same time, the the cast is super likable. The atmosphere is so much fun, especially at Christmas. They have all the Christmas decorations up. And it was since we got a cast member discount, it was completely worth it. And way better than the luau, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, no no doubt. Yeah, it, it was just a lot of fun. Like, I, I don't know how you could go to that and not have fun just because everyone is so into it. But that's my very short review. I don't think the food was necessarily anything to write home about, but you'll definitely get your money's worth because it's all you can eat and there are a lot of, you know, good options. Not fantastic, but good. So there you go. Hoop to do review. Two thumbs up. If you didn't have a cast discount because you're flaunting your privilege, uh, would you go? <laughs> I mean, our average lowly listeners don't have that option. I, yeah, I think, yes, I would. I think the only way I'll go back is if it's been like five years or if I have a cast member with me. And without the cast member discount, what's the average soul going to pay? There are three tiers, and I think the cheapest is still 60-something. Jeez. Yeah. Mm. So it'd be hard for me to go back and pay full price just because now I've seen it. But for the one time, absolutely. It's, it's an experience worth having, and I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I actually had a friend join me and he flew in Saturday night. And so he's never been to Walt Disney World before. So we got up Sunday and we were doing the Christmas party in the evening time. So during the day we resort hopped. And so, um, went to, uh, Grand Floridian and saw the, um, gingerbread house, which first off, uh, you just forget how beautiful these places are until you're physically there again. And so walking into the Grand Floridian, seeing the massive Christmas tree, the beautiful turn-of-the-century architecture. Uh, and again, I held myself together pretty well most of the week, but they were having some sort of little tea party princess something in the very back of Grand Floridian there. And as we walked by, Ariel was with Aurora singing Spoonful of Sugar, and it was out of control craziness as far as these little girls running around, and it just made me so happy. Okay, Jeremy, before you go on, we've just gotten some breaking news. Would you like to share with our listeners? Oh, certainly, yes. As you are listening to this on Wednesday, breaking news yesterday, the Hall of Presidents reopened at the Magic Kingdom with President Donald J. Trump. Matt, are you going to go? It, this being on Wednesday, I might have been not going to yesterday tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so I I don't know if I enjoyed it or not, or might not <laughs> presently. Uh, I will I will go soon if I have not gone already. 
Uh, this will be interesting. This will be interesting. <laughs> and he talks. See, that was the thing where people were wondering about. Is he going to talk? Um, politics aside, and we're not going to talk about politics, but um, they're going to have to do. They're going to have to do like some serious stuff up front. Like everybody, you know, everybody. We have all. We all have stuff we agree and disagree on. Can we? Can we respect the show? Can we respect each other? And, and just get through this together. <laughs> Listen, if he does talk, but he doesn't have the cokehead sniff sniffle that he usually has, I'm going to be very. What if they upset. did. What oh, if they put awful. that in there? <laughs> okay, right, now anyways. back to your regularly scheduled program. But back to Grand Floridian, I remember walking through there this past week, and the thought occurred to me. If you don't like Christmas, and there are some people who think, okay, Christmas can be oversaturated. Do not visit Walt Disney World anytime in November or December because Christmas decorations are everywhere. Even just in the Grand Floridian. It's not just the gingerbread house. They've got, you know, the wreaths wrapped all the way up the stairwells and they have the Christmas tree and the smells piped in and the music. It's like, you cannot escape it. Uh, who doesn't like Christmas? I mean, whatever. Don't go to Walt Disney World. You're right, but... Still, it's amazing. So we went there and then went over to the Polynesian Village Resort and uh, walked along the beach there uh, to Polynesian, which I haven't done in a while. And of course, they have the netting up. That's all happened since my last time I was there. I actually, just by accident, we walked out the door and um, my friend mentioned the, uh, the alligator incident that happened and I, t I actually kind of forgot about it if you want to know the truth and I was like oh yeah they put in a little memorial here so we went and saw the little memorial uh, it's a nice touch it's not um, in your face it's not like you kind of got to go out of your way to find it so I you know if you don't want to see it it's not there you know like you forcing you to mm. remember a tragedy that happened but I think it is kind of respectable I was a little iffy about what they were doing exactly with that but anyways uh, Polynesian looks great as you usual beautiful resort not as Christmassy as what you think you know uh, I, I kind of expected expected a little bit more done up for the holidays but it wasn't then we went over to uh, the contemporary now this was my first experience doing bag checks at a resort or free whatever uh, gotta say is it a little better than the bag checks at the Magic Kingdom yes but is it still uh, a flawed system yes very much so because at the polynesian you know they, there's people this is like mid-afternoon or excuse me early afternoon at this point so people are trying to get to the magic kingdom still they have one guy doing bag checks at the polynesian the line was out the you know out the door around the lobby to the other side of uh, people waiting just to get a bag check to get on the monorail it was ridiculous okay i've never seen that I have not either. Usually I'm the only person in line when yeah. I go up there. I must have well, a they, backup. They better figure that out for the holidays because I imagine it's only going to get worse during this Christmas week. Uh, so I was not impressed. Now, they, again, the cast members do a great job as far as trying to trying to get everything, everybody through as fast as possible, but it was not the best. Even, even the, later in the week when I tried to walk from the Contemporary to the Magic Kingdom and they have the bag check there on the sidewalk, it was still at least 30 people deep and you just have one guy checking bags while the other person is kind of watching everybody go through the metal detector. So it, it's, a, it's still a flawed system. And I've always thought Disney security was a joke to begin with. Um, to me, it just seems like 
something they put in place that should an incident ever happen, they're, you know, they've covered themselves to say, eh, well, we had security, you know, we had a bag check. But, I mean, if you really wanted to get something in that you shouldn't bring in, it's easy to do still. Mm-hmm. That's just my two cents. Uh, so then went over to the Contemporary, went to the Contempo Cafe and had a nice breakfast there. And I enjoyed it. It was fun. And, you know, quick service, but not bad. I know Derek is a big fan of Oh, my gosh. Cafe. I love it. And we went back later in the week. And the whole time I was thinking, it's so quiet in here. And I remember it is because Chef Mickey's is currently in another location while they're doing work. Okay, I meant to ask you about that. I was wondering because I said, oh, this is Chef Mickey's, but why is it closed? I mean, it's crazy. I thought this place would be kicking by this point. So where is it at? Uh, right now, I think it's in the convention center. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. It's super quiet in there. It's uh-huh. very nice. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> and I spent a few, t- few minutes reflecting on the uh, beautiful Mary Blair mural that's in the contemporary. I just love that thing so much. Did you go see the Cinderella gingerbread? I did not. No, I did not get to go see that. Where's that at? It's like right around the corner from Contempo Cafe. Well, then I probably saw it. I just didn't realize I saw it. Well, so. it's against the back wall. So there, there's that gift shop right there around the corner, Fantasia something. It's behind that. But you can smell it for sure. Yeah. No, we actually went up onto the top floor where Matt and I went that time up there uh, next to Grand California, not Grand California, California Grill, um, and just kind of took in a panoramic view of the park and the Seven Seas Lagoon and all that. So that was nice. And then we rode the boat over to the Wilderness Lodge, which I love the Wilderness Lodge as well. And beautiful that, you know, that whole resort just has a Christmassy feel to it in general because it's cold and wintry and whatever so you put a big christmas tree in the middle and i'm definitely sold so we resort hopped and then actually went back over to disney springs because we had a couple hours to kill went back to jacques Lindsay's and enjoyed a beverage before heading to the christmas party nice uh can i talk about some of the resorts i hopped Certainly. later in the week okay so i did those i gotta tell you though the boardwalk resorts are so great so last year i went to the yacht club which is nice like it has a tree with some big ships in it which is actually really cool i think it's it's one of my favorite trees but i went too early in the season last year to see what i'm about to talk about because this year i was able to see the train that's set up and it's this massive train display and there's like a moving gondola that goes back and forth up and down a string. There are moving elements. There are little Disney characters like Mickey and Minnie are decorating their tree. There's a bridge that a train is a little miniature train that doesn't move is popping out of. And Dumbo is in the front seat. He's in the engine. Uh, it was so cool. And there were so many moving parts and little details. But the, the weird thing was there was a sign that said trains depart at these times. And it was like every three hours. So, so we got there and the train wasn't running. But I'm like, what does it cost you to just run the train out the whole time? I don't I don't get that. It's not like they have a big ceremony every three hours. Derek, we have to buy 20th Century Fox. We can't run trains continuously anymore. It was just kind of lame because we got there and the train was just completely stopped. And it wasn't going to run for another two hours. And I was like, seriously? But other than that, I loved that. We walked around. Beach Club has a great... Uh, gingerbread carousel and this year Lilo and Stitch is the theme so there was a kind of freaky looking Stitch or I mean Lilo made out of gingerbread she kind of looked jacked up a little bit Uh, but still cool there's a chocolate Santa over at the swan or the dolphin I forget which one 
So good times. The boardwalk had a big display of made out of gingerbread, but it was the boardwalk facade. So there's like ESPN zone and then the boardwalk resort and then Trattoria Al Forno made out of gingerbread. So I just love that area any time of the year, but especially at Christmas, lots of good stuff to see. Yeah, and don't uh, don't underestimate the uh, the the enjoyment of resort hopping, particularly during the holidays. I know we say do it year round, but especially during the holidays, there's lots of fun things to see, and it's a good way to you know spend a day if you're not in the parks. Because we, like I mentioned, we went to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Uh, we got there about 4:15, so we wanted to get in, and I was a little nervous um, because. When we got in, it was pretty crowded in the park. And I I was with a first-timer who had never been to the Magic Kingdom before, period. So I wanted to make sure he got to experience a lot of the attractions as well as experiencing the Christmas uh, celebrations and festivities. So we went straight to Space Mountain. And it was about a 60-minute wait posted. And we waited a good 60 minutes. So I was kind of resigned to just being like, well, that's just how the park's going to be tonight. We're just going to have long attraction times. But I must say, come 6 o'clock, the park emptied out. And we did pretty much all the attractions that were open, except for Splash Mountain, because it was way too cold. Plus, we got to do a lot of the uh, Christmas party offerings. And it was a good full night. It was fun. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the cold for a second. Because I know we sound like such wimps. Listen, where we live, it's colder than Orlando. We get that. So we're, going to Orlando was warmer. But like the weekend before we were there, it was highs in the 80s. This weekend, it's highs in the 80s. That night, that day, it was like high of 56. And not only high of 56, but it was windy as well. Oh, so windy. And you just don't expect that when you take a vacation to Orlando. And part of me says it was actually the perfect time for it because it was a Christmas party. So it felt like Christmas. You're bundled up. I literally had on four shirts and a coat and a pair of wool pants under my jeans and two pairs of socks. Like it was really cold. But all of those things helped me. So I didn't feel that cold. But about the time like 11.45 came around and I knew we were close to getting in a heated car, I started to notice like I I couldn't type on my phone as easily because my thumbs were so cold and like my nose was was so red. So listen, it wasn't as cold as it could have been, but it it was certainly cold. Yeah, I, I wasn't cold till about 10 o'clock. And then, then you know, you're t- when we stopped to wait for the fireworks and then the parade, you started to notice it in your in your toes and fingertips. A uh, couple of comments I just want to make about the Christmas party, because, again, it's been a couple years since I've been. Uh, holiday wishes. I forgot, again, sometimes you just forget how much you love something until you... Till you see it again a beautiful fireworks show it was almost like seeing it new and, and afresh and the one part that gets me and i as musical people i think you'll you'll understand this um because i'm the least musical on this show but that single violin that plays during um was it i'll be home for christmas or whatever during the show well at one point it's like uh because home is where the heart is or whatever kind of thing. And so it's like a very emotional, but I think it's I'll Be Home for Christmas. And it's just a single violin that plays with like that very sad sort of tone. Oh, it got me. It was good. It was so good. So Holiday Wish is always enjoyable. Um, uh, tinsel, whatever. No, what are they called again? I don't know. What are you talking about? 
that atrocious pre-holiday thing, and they're not Club Tinsel. They're uh, the, t- the Twinkle Crew or whatever they're called. Oh, Kringle Crew. Kringle I, Crew. I think you're talking about the Frozen show where she lights up the castle. Oh, no, I didn't waste my time with that because I knew that was going to be packed with toddlers and angry soccer moms. So I stayed away during that. Did you watch it? I did. It's just as bad as I remember. It's like a 10-minute buildup for a one-second finale. Like, all you care about is for her to light the dang castle. But you have to listen to this whole long story. Okay, can I tell you the line of dialogue that makes me the most mad if we're going to get into, into this? she wants, They want her to light up the castle, and she says... But guys, this isn't my castle. This is Cinderella's castle. We can't just do that. Which is a great point. Like, that's vandalism. That's right. So don't do that. (laughs) And Anna says, but what if it's a holiday wish? And then Elsa's like, okay. I'm like, that's stupid. What if I were like, I'm going to go rob this. I can't rob this bank. But what if it's someone's wish? Okay. I'm going to go take all the money. Like, that makes no sense. Whose holiday wish is it? If it's not Cinderella's, then it doesn't matter. Anyway. That's true. But it's called They Paid the Voice Actors, so they have to use the show over and over again. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> we got to buy 20th Century Fox. We can't afford new dialogue. Uh, so, no, I didn't see that. But I did, waiting for the uh, the, the, the parade on Main Street, uh, the, the Kringle crew came out. Uh, just as awful as I remember. Just terrible. Absolutely atrocious. Um, they know it, too. Those poor dancers are like, oh, this is the worst. Yeah. Uh, now, I want to make a comment about the Snope this year. Out of control. <laughs> like, I I mean, I love the Snope, <laughs> but the amount and level of Snope that was blowing, I'm surprised it didn't start accumulating and we could have built a Snope man because there was so much. Like, you couldn't, like, like, it was getting in my eyes and it landed, like, in your ears and it got that, like, you know, like when soap gets in your ears it's, and you hear the bubbles. Yeah. Yes, it was like all night long. It was awful. I'm like, turn this machine down. This is a blizzard. Well, and the thing is, no one has invented the snow machine that is not incredibly loud. <laughs> oh my Remember, gosh! It's like it's, you hear like, oh, <laughs> Main Street gonna take off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and so and not only. W- that but then it was like huge flakes it was like giant things of snow would just pop you in the face it was it was out of control to the point that at first it was comical and then it got annoying <laughs> so uh, i didn't think that but it, it was a lot well when you're sitting on main street for 45 minutes waiting for the parade and it's just snope in your face and one after the other it, it got a little little much you know but okay that aside there's worse things at disney than than too much snope i guess Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade, always wonderful, always amazing, just just divine. Can I tell you, I've always said Boo to You is my favorite parade. I'm starting to wonder if Once Upon <laughs> a Christmas Time is, has overtaken it. I love them both, don't get me wrong. I mean, those gravediggers still might be my favorite section of any parade. But this parade has so many more moving elements. Like... Boo to you is a lot of floats. Yes, you've got the ballroom dancers, and yes, you've got the grave diggers. But I mean, Once Upon a Christmas Time has those characters at the beginning that like hold hands and dance. It's got the gingerbread men. It's got the rollerbladers who look like skiers. Uh, it's got Vanellope in her car. Like it's just got so many moving elements. The Nutcrackers, the I mean, the toy soldiers. I think I think this might be my favorite parade. It's so good. 
uh, your parade identity is confused. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. It's good, and the and it's so it's just so Christmassy and magical. Yeah, a couple of questions I have about the Christmas uh, party before I mention my absolute favorite part. Uh, I poked my head into the club tinsel dance party. <laughs> um, the answer to your question is I have no idea. Yeah, maybe our listeners might know. So there's uh, a couple of bears in there dancing, and then there's some costume character bears as well. And they are like polar bears <laughs> that are white. I got it. And they, uh, <laughs> they look like they're modeled after uh, Country Bear Jamboree-esque character meet-and-greet costume characters. They have that similar similar structure to them but they're not in country bear jamboree so i don't know if they're polar bears i don't know if they're supposed to be cousins that come in for the party i don't know if it's like uh, sponsored by coca-cola now and we have uh, you know corporate synergy it was very odd to see them in there just dancing and grooving and having a good time i saw the picture i thought it reminded me of like kind of like bear in the big blue house but yes um, that's what he looks like yes it, I would like to see the polar bear meet and greet from the Coca-Cola place at Disney Springs to see if it's the same one. No, it's not. Well, there's just random polar bear characters like, hey, polar yeah. bears. Yeah, those. Are they in the parade? No, they're no, they're just inside Cosmic Rays. And those are more like dirty dirt bears <laughs> than the Coca-Cola bear. Like you look at their <laughs> face and they're like, duh. They're like dirty dirt, yeah. That's not like a sort of chef. What a... What what was the slogan outside Club Tinsel this year? Do you oh, remember, Derek? Oh, no. What was it? Uh, oh, I don't remember. Aaron took a picture of it. Hold on. Let's, let's pause and find that because that's worth mentioning. Oh, I remember. We're getting jingly with it. Oh. <laughs> How unfortunate. Oh, oh no. Oh, my gosh. They have security outside hall of presidents right now <laughs> whoa we're all over the place on this show um yeah we're getting jingly with it club tinsel so weird but i know what your favorite part of of the uh party was why don't you talk about it i so over the last couple of years things have happened at walt disney world that i see pictures of or i see little clips of but rarely will i ever like watch a show or anything that I have not experienced first in person, just because I like to experience it first in person. So I had heard about this show that debuted last year, but I wanted to reserve judgment uh, until I could see it for myself. I love this show so much that I saw it twice. And that is Mickey's Most Merriest Celebration, the castle stage show during the Christmas party. It is amazing. I mean, Isn't this the one that Derek hated on last year? Yes, and why he hates on it, I have no idea. And his opinion has kind of changed, uh, which I'm sure he'll mention in a minute. But let me tell you, from the very beginning of the show, I'm just like, this is going to be amazing. Because one of the first, uh, it's not the opening number, but I think it's the second song, is the Text Me for Christmas I was in. I mean, I was in, sold, tapping my toe, dancing along wonderful then clarabelle cow comes out and starts singing all i want for christmas is you uh, amazing and there's so many characters in this i keep telling people i'm like 
it was like they told me, Jeremy, I want you to write us the Castle Stage show. I, and, yeah, I, can, I believe that. And just when you think it's just too extra, too take extra. it up another Something notch. Something else happens. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Listen, the Caballeros come out and do this amazing Feliz Navidad kind of Spanish thing. And it's over the top and it's amazing. And then all of a sudden... One of them starts playing an electric guitar solo, and I was like, "Oh yes, yes!" And Clarabelle Cow, my Halloween costume next year is I am going to be Clarabelle Cow in this show because she is. There's so many sparkles and glitter and feather boas. It's fabulous. It, it is. It sounds. It sounds really fabulous. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a travesty. It, the whole thing from beginning. No, to beginning. it is so good. That, like we saw it. We saw it. I, I saw it because we had a little bit of time to kill because we were able to walk on all the attractions. So I was like, well, I, I, I talked to Derek and Aaron and they were going to see the last Castle Stage show. So I was like, all right, we'll see it with them. But we had some time to kill. So I'm like, well, we're here. Let's just see it really quick at 925. And I mean, in love so much to the point that I was like, we're seeing it again at 1155 because it is so good. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. <laughs> Let me bring this down to earth for a second. Because <laughs> he used the word amazing a lot. And fabulous. <laughs> fabulous, I will give you. There is something yeah. fabulous going on with this show. Amazing, though. I don't know. The texting song. I think the first time I was just like, this is so stupid. And it is a little stupid. Like, there's a line about um, something about it's Christmas, so we're all going home. So make sure you charge your phone. And then they pull out these giant oversized cartoonish phones and they're all like texting their friends. Like, okay, it's a little corny. And I hate the Clarabelle Cow part. I'm so sorry, but that's- Oh no, it's so good. I'm sorry, I hate that part so much. But I gotta say, they bring out, I don't know, 30 characters and they are all wearing costumes that you've only seen in this show for the most part. I mean, like Peter Pan's in his normal costume, but they're all, most, for the most part, they're wearing like green and red, you know, scarves. Donald Duck has an all new outfit. And they are all on stage and they all are doing their own thing. And the songs you hear, it's a full cast. Like there are 30, 40 voices on all of these songs, which kind of does add a lot to the show. For me, it really gets good in the last five minutes because there's the jingle song where they all are holding two sets of sleigh bells and it's like jing, 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 jing. And uh, so that's a great song because there's a lot of energy. And at the end, they finish with the Muppet Christmas Carol song, It Feels Like Christmas, which honestly, like what better way could you end a Christmas show than with that song? So I will say the fact that they have crammed so many characters on that stage is worth it. Is it a perfect show? No, it's really corny. But some people like corny. So Listen, it, I will tell you, it's not a perfect show. It is far from perfect. But it is amazing. <laughs> I, I do love when they have all different types of characters from original Disney movies to movies from the last five years all on stage together. And that's what you get from this. Yeah. It, do not miss Mickey's mer most merriest celebration. I was actually – I was going to buy – because they have a mug that they offer um, – that's in honor of this show and Derek hated it told me it was ugly but I was gonna purchase it anyways but then it was $16 so I didn't buy what? it because that mug was tiny I know that's why I didn't buy it because it, it's like a normal coffee mug and I was like no well, that's pretty average price though right 
not for like a normal like Derek described it as the mug that comes with candy wrapped in saran wrap that you give to your boss for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, from so. like Dollar Tree, you know, you buy the little thing with like chocolate chews <laughs> inside, and it's got the red cellophane around it. That's what this looked like. Uh, note to self: Do not hire Derek. <laughs> hey, he said the boss part. I didn't say that. Yeah, that's right. I give that to my best friends. I bought some ah. other mugs instead. So. Yeah, that was a good call. Anyways, love, love, had a wonderful time at Mickey's very Merry Christmas party. Well, I'm really glad because I know it had, been, it had been a long time since you'd been to that party. So Definitely. And the perfect way to start my, my week at Walt Disney World, really, you know, as far as in the parks go. Because on Monday, I woke up and I went to Disney's Animal Kingdom. And I was again there with a first timer who had never been. So I opted not to experience anything in Pandora that day because I knew the lines were going to be outrageous and we did not have fast passes for any of the attractions there in Pandora. So we spent our time elsewhere in the park. We did walk through Pandora, but like I said, no attractions, uh, but got to experience pretty much everything else in the park, uh, including for the first time that I got to do this is the nighttime safaris. Have you all done nighttime safaris yet? If you can call it a safari, then yes, I've done it. Well, I mean... I was I think I mentioned this to you guys in person. It was odd the way that some of the animals just appeared almost as if on cue. Like to the point that I was like, are they fake? Like we literally are coming around that corner where the white rhino is and there's nothing there but the light is shining just on this empty patch of dirt. And as soon as we got up to where it was the perfect viewing spot, I mean, the rhino just kind of trotted out there and stopped and stood right there in that dirt path and stared at us as we went by. And I was like, I mean, that's a real rhino. That's not like a somebody in a suit, you know, like an Ace Ventura rhino running out there. Um, so I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, our guide, I don't know if he did, if this is the normal script or if it was just him. Very pro-environment, very much pro uh, protecting uh, the, the earth and conservation, which I appreciated, uh, but it was it was really strong, a lot stronger than during the daytime safari. Uh, but well, I'm glad, really good. I recommend doing the safari at night is a very different experience than doing it during the day. We did not go by the elephants either; they diverted us past that. So right when you get past the savanna and where you're about to go into the elephant country, we took a right. And went past that straight to the flamingos. So I don't know if that's was just for us that time, or if they just don't put the elephants out at night. It was rather chilly, but uh, anyways. Huh. Well, it sounds like you had a different experience than I did, so that's cool. Yeah, and uh, Saw Festival, The Lion King, of course. Uh, I saw it later in the week too, which I'll tell you an interesting thing that happened there. Um, the only other thing that happened that day that was like new. Uh, I saw the projections on the castle or uh, the, the tree of life. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think that, <laughs> I think that's actually the, that other than happily ever after, I think that's my favorite projection usage at the parks. It looks good. It really does. I'm having a little hard time understanding why I should care, but uh, you know, wasn't bad. Did you not see rivers of light that night as well? Oh, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So I saw Rivers of Light then. It's funny because your comment about not caring reminded me of Rivers of Light. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, so I saw Rivers of Light. Again, I knew nothing about this show as far as 
what people, you know, I knew some people's opinion, but I didn't, I've never watched it. So this is my first time really experiencing it. Didn't see the Jungle Cruise, or excuse me, the Jungle Book thing that they had before. Uh, I got to say, I liked Rivers of Light. I thought it was really good. Uh, Derek had mentioned to me that he thought it didn't have heart. And that seemed to be kind of a general consensus. I think it really did. I think it, it has a lot of heart into it. You just kind of got to see it from a unique perspective. So I love it. I love the soundtrack. The We Are One song is phenomenal. I've been That's been my, my comfort music. My post-trip depression music has been the Rivers of Light soundtrack. Uh, it, it's a good show. Yeah, I, I totally agree about the soundtrack. And I like the show, too. I would like to see it again. Uh, what you said is exactly right. I think it could have more heart. But other than that, yeah, I think it's a really impressive and beautiful show. Uh, you can actually listen to that entire soundtrack, including the four Tree of Life shows, the projection shows. It's all one CD, and it's on Apple Music. And it's really good. Great stuff. I, I don't know who composed it, but it's pretty. Yeah. What did you do on Monday? Uh, I went to Magic Kingdom that morning because I wanted to see the Trolley show, since they do a special Christmas show this time of year. Uh, and then we just rode some attractions, because we didn't do many attractions during the party. We only did Jingle Cruise during the party, and then we met some characters. So I wanted to ride some rides. And then we saw Contemporary Grand Floridian. We ate dinner at Contempo. That's the night we went to Hollywood Studios. And then we resort hopped. So that's another good re- that's another good tip about resort hopping, especially this time of year. Hollywood Studios closed at 8. So it was really easy for us to go over to the boardwalk, see all the resorts, and still be done by 10, 1030. So that was Monday. Tuesday, a moment that had been in the making for the last three years. The stars aligned, and all three of your Mad Chatters met in the same location uh, at Disney's, well, it's not Disney's, at Epcot. Disney's (laughs) Epcot Studios. (laughs) Uh, I got to Epcot and met up with Derek, and then Matt arrived shortly thereafter. And before Matt arrived, Derek and I got to experience something that uh, neither of us had experienced before, and that was the Muppets Mobile Lab, which was uh, kind of a fun little show. I liked it. I didn't know it was interactive. I thought they just had a script and went with it. Yeah, you could tell the microphone was not exactly working well for (laughs) whoever was playing the part of Dr. Uh, Honeydew. Um, because he had a hard time hearing anything that anybody said. And in fact, I volunteered Derek to be in the show, and he was selected. And so it was like, what's your name? Derek? Eric? He said, Garrett? Garrett? <laughs> I said, Derek. And like I shouted it, but I could tell the microphone wasn't doing anything. He said, pause. Darren with a D? <laughs> so... Anywho, uh, they, do, they do a nice little show. If you're able to see the Muppet Mobile Lab, it's it's a unique thing. Um, because, you know, you look at it and you're like, how does that work? I know. I love when the confetti, like, three different times exploded out of the back. <laughs> it was fun. But that's not the only lab we did. <gasps> so, so Matt arrives along with our uh, dear friend Aaron Wallace arrives. So the four of us got to experience the... What is the name of this thing? It's Synergy Lab? Spectaculab. Spectaculab. I was way off. Uh, in Interventions. When did this open? Too soon. <laughs> and it will be closing, no doubt, shortly as well. So this is like, this is the, the education aspect of Epcot, which is lacking, in my opinion, and needs to be there. Well, but they, 
they 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 need to raise the bar a little bit because first off you have the 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 girl who's playing the intern and she is way over the top just extremely extra makes uh mickey's merriest celebration look like a funeral and then you have the actual scientists who i i can only imagine they are real scientists because their acting ability was so atrocious (laughs) that everything was so memorized they were certainly reading something somewhere (laughs) it felt like a like when you were in church in elementary school and they would make you do little skits and you had to get up there and and you're just like the baby Jesus is born in the manger, and you're just like, oh wow, a little emoting, a little bit of you know whatever. It it was really terrible, and they tried to get like volunteers to come up on stage. Nobody wanted to participate. Nobody because it was already so bad, and then the volunteers really didn't even do anything interesting. No, but and the- there was the, the 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 graphics they put up on the screens. Like, let's see how that uh, pressure impact force whatever. Let's see the moment that that happened, and the, they show this random graphic, and like I, I don't believe that that's from what just happened. I think that's just a, a graphic you're just putting up there, like ooh, and there's no explanation of it. It's just like there it is. Ah, uh, no, this was sub like Discovery Place quality. This was not even like your local science fair quality. Nothing remotely interesting. No, and it was so long, you guys. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to leave so many times. Well. Yeah. People were not afraid to leave because they did. I was going to say, at one point, two little girls left, and the two girls who had been sitting beside them turned around completely in their seats and just stared as the girls walked out, kind of like, why do they get a leave? <laughs> well, and it's, we were making the joke, it's set up, it feels like you're walking into a church because they have like two rows with like a center aisle of like pew like seating, and then you have the front, and they, they like I said, they took some volunteers. The one, the one little volunteer in our show is this little boy, and I don't even remember what the experiment they were doing, but they were like, what do you think is going to happen? And he was like, I think a monster's going to come out, and da Everybody was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> that was the most entertaining part. Now, they do, like, a cool experiment as far as, like, laying one of the girls on a bed of nails and kind of showing how she doesn't die because of the way that the <laughs> she doesn't die spoiler she died <laughs> it went way wrong they hit her with a sledgehammer and she's fine and all this kind of thing uh actually i shouldn't say it because that makes it sound way more interesting than what it is so it's not worth seeing this show don't do it that's right unless you're with the four of us because i gotta say we all were very entertaining with our comments <laughs> during the show. I kind of wish we'd recorded them uh, because it was fun. Uh, but anyways, then we went over and I got to ride Soaring Around the World for the very first time. Uh, I enjoyed it. But to me, it felt a little forced. I think the nice thing about the original attraction was that it was there was a, a level of like a purity that was there like this they were just showing you scenes that were really kind of like unadulterated and un you know they didn't have to add extra bells and whistles i feel like every scene now in soaring around the world is like not only here's the scene but here's something that pops up at you and here's something that swishes by and you know kind of thing so i feel like they kind of could have toned that down a little bit but overall went bad uh, then I also, of course, we did Living with the Land as well and Journey, which we just did because you have to do it when you're in Epcot. Uh, but we had lunch reservations at Marrakesh, which we will talk about at another show, the three of us. Did we do anything else in Future World? 
No, we we did those three attractions and then left pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, did, got to do the uh, new Frozen attraction in Norway, which I enjoyed. You know, it's sad that you miss uh, Maelstrom, but uh, they did a good job with it. Derek ended up leaving. Matt and I saw the Candlelight Processional that night. And our uh, narrator that evening, I've been saying his name wrong all these years because the announcer clearly called him Warwick Davis, not Warwick, which is what I've been saying. But we saw Warwick Davis. And I think Matt's favorite part was that they actually put in his list of credits the movie Leprechaun. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yes. (laughs) Okay, Um, so explain to me. Warwick is obviously a, a short man. Was the podium short, or did they give him a stepping stool? I think it's an, a totally different podium. I think they custom made this adorable little podium for him because it was so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, that's actually better because then you have a better view of the choir members behind him, honestly. Yeah, I still want to see them all the time, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, their parents want to see him. <laughs> True. They're adult people. They have parents, Matthew. <laughs> the green-robed people? Yeah, they're cast members. I'm pretty sure most of their parents have passed. Uh, oh. I know for a fact that Reuben, who is in that section, his parents come and see him. Reuben was not in this. This was old people. There are a lot of old people in that green section. Okay, well, not the night I saw it. Okay, I feel like we're getting off track. We First don't off. have the same experiences. Warwick Davis's wife and children were there, and she is a little person as well as his children are little people as well. So um, that was kind of cool. In fact, she came rolling in on a scooter, and Matt goes, "That's got to be his wife." And sure enough, well, I had just seen her on. um, I just looked the family up, so you know if they showed up, I would know them. And sure enough, here they came. Aw, I love I love when the this is so s- stupid and small, but I love when the families go with the narrators to support them. You know, I mean, obviously you get a free vacation to Walt Disney World, so it's not that hard. But still, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure the Warwick Davis family is hurting for money for free vacations, but uh, that Star Wars money is probably rolling in right about now. But anyways, uh, he it, this is going to sound like a negative, but I mean it as a compliment. He was unremarkable as a narrator. He just got up there, read the read the script in his beautiful British accent, yeah. and didn't try to do any inflection. Didn't try to make it overly dramatic. It was so yeah, it was so liturgical. He's a child of the Church of England. You could tell after every scripture reading, you just wanted to you know, the word of the Lord. <laughs> Thanks be to God. I'm I'm sorry. Can you can you do your British accent again? The word of the Lord. Okay, so it's not a speech impediment. It's a British accent. Got the it. word. Word. One man's the word. The word. Word of the Lord. He was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Uh, Anyway, so we saw that, and then we saw uh, Illuminations with the holiday tag. And uh, we ate at Nine Dragons that night as well, which we can talk about on another show. Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, it was kind of last minute, spur of the moment kind of a thing. Um, So enjoyed Epcot overall. Epcot, just a wonderful place. Just great overall. I did some drinking around the world as well. I got the horchata in Mexico and wrote Grand Fiesta Tour. I totally forgot about the audio animatronics in Grand Fiesta Tour. And Matt reminded me, he goes, did you guys like, Don't you want to do this? I was surprised that you hadn't done it yet. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, we have to. So uh, rode that uh, and got some horchata there at the tequila. Correction, you had the horchata margarita. Horchata margarita, yes. 
It was good. A little less it, innocent, but yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Um, then, what else did I drink that night? Uh, <laughs> what else did I drink? Had the spiced tea in, um, the holiday tea in the UK. That was good as well. Very, very good. I recommend that. If They only give you a little size portion. Uh, probably not worth the price. I think it was like 10 bucks, but it was good nonetheless. Very cinnamony if you like that. And, of course, I had a Tipsy Duck in Love in China. Always recommend the Tipsy Ducks in Love. And I feel like I had one more beverage while I was in Epcot that night. Are we going to talk briefly about Voices of Liberty and uh, whatever oh. Hanukkah song they were singing? <laughs> I forget what it is. Uh, yeah. Have a new, have a new, have a new shalom. Avenue. Is, is that your British accent or is that the speech impediment again? I that's the, that's my Middle Eastern accent. Oh. No. Um, are you talking about the people that came in? The people that came in. Yeah, there was elderly elderly Jewish family. They were precious. Uh, I mean, clearly Jewish because they I mean they like walked in while the Voices of Liberty were singing Havenu Shalom. And they were just, you know, this, like they might have been a few drinks in. I don't know. But they kind of waltzed in as they were singing. Have a new shalom. Just singing all loud while the Voices of Liberty were singing. And I don't know if someone... It was kind of precious and annoying at the same time. I don't know. I don't know if anyone stopped them. But they stopped pretty quickly. Oh, my goodness. Not quickly enough. Because it was precious for a second. <laughs> and then it was like, girl, you are really off pitch. Like, you need yeah. to stop. They were just... They were elderly. Bless them. I know. They were very sweet. It was sweet. Well, listen. and And to their credit... Uh, to their benefit um they're surrounded by christmas and you're jewish that's got to be hard so the one like, yeah. <laughs> hanukkah moment they were gonna soak that up you know yeah so anyways that was epcot on tuesday wednesday i flew solo uh derek flew out matt went back to his home and i was at the magic kingdom by myself that day but i have an interesting story that happened to me on my way to the Magic Kingdom that morning. So I stayed at an Airbnb in uh, Winter Garden and I was Ubering and lifting each day to Walt Disney World, which I've never done before. So it was a new experience for me. And for the most part, I had uh, no problems. But on Tuesday morning going to Epcot, this uh, little old Hispanic man picked me up and took me to Epcot. And uh, the only reason I say that it's important to the story, he did not speak any English at all. And uh, besides the fact that he racially profiled me, and as soon as he saw that I was uh, white male, he turned the radio to country music, which I felt very violated by. <laughs> um, the ride to Epcot was fine. But Tuesday, or excuse me, Wednesday, going to the Magic Kingdom, I get in, it's him again, and I get in the car, and I said, to the Magic Kingdom. Now, it doesn't matter to me that you don't speak English, but if you're going to drive Uber in Orlando, you need to know Disney property. And as Matt has mentioned on the show before, the roads around the Magic Kingdom, north of the Magic Kingdom, are open to the public. But they're not really advertised. And they will pop up on your GPS. And uh, Disney doesn't necessarily want you back there, but you can drive through them. Mm -hmm. uh, so he starts going. And I had gone this way a few times, so I kind of knew the right way to go. And he misses a turn. And then he ends up turning into the parking lot for the Disney University, which is up there. And if you've ever been in that parking lot, it's huge. I mean, it's a big parking lot. So I'm trying to tell him this is not where we need to be. But he keeps looking at his GPS, which is sort of spazzing out, freaking out because he's in the middle of this parking lot. And he's like, 
no problem, no problem, no problem. So he's turning all around this parking lot trying to get... Finally, after like 10 minutes, we get out to where the road is. <laughs> and he needs to turn left to get back onto this road to go down to the Magic Kingdom. He turns right. At this point, I'm very agitated because I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to be there. And we spent 10 minutes circling a parking lot and he won't listen to me. and won't understand me. He's just focused on this. So I'm telling him now, you need to turn around. We need to go to this road back there. Turn around. And he keeps looking at his GPS and pointing at it going, no problem, no problem. And I'm going, see, problem, see, problem. Turn around, turn around. <laughs> so... Tenemos problemo. <laughs> he like he keeps passing up places. Like I'm I'm like, you can't see me right now, listeners. But I was like very animated with my hands, like leaning up into the front seat because I'm in the back, and I'm like, turn around, turn around, like pull over here. Finally, after another ten minutes, he pulls over, and at this point, like. I don't know where I am anymore because he's just been driving down this road and I don't really feel safe with him. So I jump out of the car and I hit cancel on the on the trip, you know, and and I'm like, thank you very much. Goodbye. I'll get another car. You got out of the car Yeah, because he pulled off like in this neighborhood. So like like I'm at the front of a a subdivision at this point. Um, So I'm In, in Disney World property. No, this is like. This is like now we're north of the Magic Kingdom, northeast of the because he's driven past it a couple miles at this oh, point. No. I know. I and so I jump out. He's still sitting there. I get out on the sidewalk and I'm pulling up my maps on my phone to see where I'm at. And I'm also going to try and call another lift to come get me. Next thing I know, he's right there next to me. He got out of the car and he goes, "Come, come! I take you free. Come, come! I take you free." And I was like, "No, go away! Get away from me!" So finally he leaves, and uh, I was able to get another lift that took me. Um, and to Uber's credit, once I filed the complaint, they refunded me whatever they had charged me for that oh, ride. No. But it was just a very uh, – it, it made me very anxious. Like I was very like on edge because, you know, when you're in somebody else's car in an area you don't really know, like it's a little scary. Yeah. So this next guy, this guy pulls up, pick me up. Get in the car. I kind of was like, I'm so sorry. I just had like the worst experience. This old man, you know, and I couldn't communicate with him and he wouldn't stop. And finally, and he's like, oh, no problem. He's like, I live here. I know exactly where to take you. Let's go. Perfect. So um, we're talking, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, are you going to, because I put in there the contemporary, because if you put in the Magic Kingdom, you have to go all the way down to the parking lot. And uh, I was like, well, if he takes me to the contemporary, I can just walk across to the Magic Kingdom. It's a little shorter. He's like, are you going to the Contemporary for a reason? Or are you trying to go to the Magic Kingdom? I said, oh, Magic Kingdom. He's like, well, I'll tell you what. I'll just drop you off right at the corner. That way I, you don't have to walk so far. Perfect. No problem. So he turns right there where the buses turn, you know, and he just like stops. And he's like, all right, hop out here. So I jump out of the car, close the door. As soon as I close the door, I hear, sir, sir, sir. And I look and there's this like, Four foot tall Disney security woman who's wider than she is tall coming waddling towards us at a very brisk pace. And she's like, this is not a drop off. Get back in the car. Well, like I freeze because I'm like, I don't know what's going on. 
in the midst of all this, all of a sudden the he takes off. The Uber driver takes off. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so she's like yelling at me for getting out of the car. And I said, ma'am, I don't know him. I That's just an Uber. And this is where he dropped me off at. And she's like, well, this is not a drop off. This is an unsafe place. And I have his license plate. He will not have a job by the end of the day. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. Whoa. It was so scary. And um, so I just was like, well, I, I'm sorry. I have no idea what's going on. And uh, I hope that they, he has a job still because, uh, oh, word. you know, whatever. So needless to say, my morning Wednesday was started off with a, a kind of a – clearly tone but anyways um overall in the magic kingdom saw great moments in history with the muppets saw both shows love it Mm -hmm. absolutely love it both are perfect i want more shows uh i laughed it was wonderful and just having the muppets in the magic kingdom there and incorporated in a very muppety sort of way it didn't feel forced it didn't feel like what are the muppets doing here they don't belong here it was beautiful it was wonderful always see both shows of, of uh, great moments in history with the muppets but just the american parts <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um also what else did i see at the magic of course i saw the new fireworks show which was good saw the projection show which was which was nice um i think everything else i did is nothing new in the magic kingdom that day i was pretty tired on wednesday because it been oh i did see the new stage show as well which was fun um, oh yeah yeah mickey's royal friendship fair yeah, yeah yeah good and then thursday my final day in the park so i hadn't done anything pandora wise i did snag a reservation or a fast pass for navi river journey at 5 45 p.m on thursday night but i wasn't able to get anything for flights of passage or anything like that so woke up thursday and i had mentally prepared to be in pandora all day because I just knew the lines were going to be long. So I Ubered there, got there with no problem. By the way, let me just say, if you do need to Uber in Orlando, the rest of my experiences were totally fine. Just that one experience. So I recommend it. But got there, went to Starbucks, got me some coffee. I had a full battery charge. I had snacks in my backpack. I got in line. The line said 221 minutes at 10 a.m. Put in my headphones, turned on Shameless, and I was fine. And I this sounds so weird. I didn't mind waiting in line that day. I think it's because I was mentally prepared for it. I'd, yeah. I'd done everything else that I wanted to do in Animal Kingdom. And I'm the type that, especially when I'm by myself, I just enjoy lounging in the parks. So it kind of felt like I was allowed to lounge without getting in trouble. Like I was just chilling in Magic Kingdom, watching Netflix and just hanging out and nobody could tell me, oh, sir, you got to move along. You know, kind of a thing. This is, you're frightening the children. Um, like I said, <laughs> 210 minutes 10 a.m by the time i got into the room with like right before like the jungle room does that sound right and then you have like the lab room in the queues yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah so i'm almost in the lab room and this is like 2 p.m in the afternoon now oh and my there comes gosh. an announcement attention folks uh, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Oh, no. Your line will still move, but we are not operating at max capacity. So your wait times may be a little short. So everybody was like, oh, geez. So another 30 minutes, I finally get into the where they group you to go into the ride. Get into the pre-show. First off, that pre-show is atrocious and awful. Who is that guy, and how did he get that job? Again. 
He's supposed to be awful. He is a lab tech. He is not a showman. No. I didn't agree with that at all. No, I don't agree with that at all. I have seen shows. It doesn't matter. That's what he's supposed to be. No, no, no. I have seen shows where actors convincingly play the awkward scientist who plays an awkward person and, and they sell it. Name one. Dr. Seeker. Dr. Seeker, exactly. Please, he he's he's, he's clearly acting. I, I well, Doctor Seeker has a bit more suave. Than yeah, this I don't guy. mind this guy. I just don't understand the hate. No, I think you can hire an actor who can convincingly play the nerd who stumbles over his words. This guy is just stumbling over his words. Well, it, it, also, I think you mentioned this before, but I didn't pay attention to it until I saw it. What is up with the? Hold on a second. We're experiencing technical difficulties. But then they never address that again. That doesn't happen every time. That only happens when they legit are facing difficulties and they need to stall. Oh, okay. Because I thought it was because I saw it every time. So because I'm going to tell you, I saw the pre-show. They put us into the attraction, enjoying the attraction. Beautiful. Wonderful. Not worth the four hours, but it was good. Nonetheless, I'm, I'm glad I did it. Literally. 10 seconds before the end of the ride, like right before you land on that final perch and the finale happens, our screen cuts off, our seats go back up into the normal position and we are just sitting there. Again, I'd never seen Flights of Passage, but I could kind of get the feeling that we were towards the end of the attraction, but I didn't know how the end exactly was. So I'm like, well, they're probably gonna come in here and just be like, all right, sorry about that folks, but you're close to the end, have a good day, you know? Instead, they come in and they're like, we're so sorry about the malfunction. We're going to take you to another theater and let you ride again. So we were like, oh, OK. So that kind of made the four hour wait feel like, oh, it's only a two hour wait, you know, because we got to experience it twice. So we go in, see the pre-show again. And then we ended up staying there for like 10 minutes. And then they come in and they're like, not this theater. Sorry, follow us to this one. <laughs> so go in again and see the pre-show again. So there are two different pre-show, at least two different pre-shows for that uh, attraction, or two different things they do, and I got to see them both. Um, the one they spray you with air to like get the parasites off or whatever, and then another one they whatever they do, you know, to match you or whatever. Mm. Huh. I guess I haven't seen the parasite one, and I've ridden that like six times. Yeah, they like they're like, oh, you have a lot of earthly parasites that are uh, dangerous to the pandora you know plant life what and then there's like the air like the little cannon above you like in the ac whatever and it says and it like sprays you with air to like wow nope never saw that okay Ooh. well now look who's the chatter who has the breaking uh experience (laughs) i hope i do not act like that Anyways, um, so got to ride Flight of Passage this time smoothly throughout the whole thing. But all in all, the experience took almost six hours because we got out about 345. Well, good thing you didn't have anywhere to be. Totally. So then I had a fast pass for 545. I actually met up with a friend. He was waiting for me for like an hour. uh, That's a cast member there at Animal Kingdom. So we went over to the canteen there. How do you say that name again? Satuli. Satuli. And uh, I was starving by that point. I had some snacks, but I uh, needed some food. So I got the the chicken, whatever, you know, bowl kind of a thing that they serve there. And I got the blueberry cheesecake thing. Uh, both were wonderful. I mean, first off, the cheesecake thing, the texture of it, I loved. It's a mousse. You love mousse. 
Oh, okay. But it was like very like it was like thicker than cheesecake though, kind of the texture wise. I mean, it's called a cheesecake mousse. Okay. All right. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was really good. And I liked the the chicken bowl salad thing I had too. Uh and then he got the um the pineapple tart thing that's out at the snack bar or whatever that is. Lumpia. That was good too cuz I took a bite of that. Oh it was really yeah. Good. So then I had a little bit of time to kill so we went over to Festival of the Lion King, which again I love, but I had a unique experience here. This is the first time I saw the show and the girl who is princess was not in it. It was only the three of them. Oh, something must have I happened. So yeah, something must have happened at the last minute. I have no idea. So the three of them came out and we kind of looked at each other like, oh, this is going to be interesting. So the, I don't know their Swahili names, you know, whatever, but masculine. He, he took both Good the. Looking. Yeah. So he took both the um, elephant section and the sheep section. Uh, so he sheep. did both. Giraffe. giraffe. Excuse me, giraffe. Because they bad. That's why I got Yeah, that's it. right. So then during the the show kind of went normal. Then during the the duet though, only the male singer, only good looking sang. And let me tell you, it was rough. Oh <laughs> no. Because he sings harmony sometimes. Yeah, but so there was no harmony, and he was trying to sing the high part, and oh, oh boy, it was, it was a little rough. And then um, uh, the gift, she sang during the finale, she sang the female parts, both female parts. But it was just weird seeing that show with only the three instead of the four. So I, um, I don't know if she was just sick or what, but uh, our prayers to, to Princess. I hope she feels better. Uh, then my friend, he had to leave because he had Star Wars tickets that night. So I went back and rode the Navi River Journey. Loved it. Would not wait two hours for it. But waiting 15 minutes with a fast pass, totally worth it. I, again, people like to hate on this for whatever reason. Is it the most interactive and the most whatever? No. Is it short? Yes. Uh, but that animatronic is so beautiful and just the overall aesthetics with the my favorite are the little floating jellyfish looking things that kind of bob up and down like I know man. I love it. I think it's so pretty. Very pretty. And then I saw Rivers of Light again, which of course I loved. Um, so just a be oh and I rode Everest at night too. I was able to jump in Everest real quick and ride that. That's like Big Thunder Mountain. Mm-hmm. Great ride during the day, pluses it during it at night because it's really dark in those caves. Yeah, so. and you get a great overhead view of Animal Kingdom with all the lights. Yeah, totally. Animal Kingdom is the is the best park. I'm gonna come out and say it in its current form. I think it's even better than Magic Kingdom at the moment uh, as far what? as banks your buck goes. Beautiful overall, wonderful shows. Uh, it's just it's just a great park overall. I just love it. I do too. All right, I do too. And then I went home. Um, so that was my trip. It was good to be back. Uh, I did have something. I picked up uh, some mugs and things, but I also got a uh, 2018 Walt Disney World calendar. Ooh. Yes, and uh, I want to give it away to one of our listeners. So we're going to have a, a listener contest here. Well, what are the pictures in it? Uh, I'll show you on the back. It looks like there's uh, China and Epcot. There's one of Mickey and Minnie by some flowers. Like animated uh, Mickey and Minnie? No, the costumed characters. Oh. Um, here, I'll let you see. see oh, I see. Troopers. And so it's it's got some nice pictures. Anyways, if you would like this uh, calendar, 
here's what you have to do. This cow, this contest is. Uh, I want you to take a selfie of you listening to the Mad Chatters podcast wherever you listen. So maybe you're at work. If you're in the car, be careful while you drive. Do it at a stoplight, uh, or maybe you listen while you're on a walk or wherever you listen to the Mad Chatters. I I think about our listeners. I think about what they're doing while they are listening for the last two hours of my voice talk, I want to know. So uh, if you listen in the shower, just use your discretion when you take the photo. <laughs> uh, uh, send it to us on Twitter. Uh, email it to us. What's the email address, Derek? Comments at madchatters.net. There you go. You can send it to us on Facebook. Just We'll probably retweet these and put these out as well. It, you know, the more creative, the better. But even if you just send it, as long as you send a picture with your name uh we're gonna i'll put them all in a hat and i'll draw one okay and you I might say, get... how do we how do we win this but okay. yeah no i don't want people to like hurt themselves trying to be too crazy to get our attention but as long as you send it your name will be uh put into it and i'll uh draw one out for this 2018 walt disney world calendar and your deadline for these submissions are going to be january the first Midnight on January the first. Actually, let's say December thirty first. So you have this week and next week uh, show, and I'll remind you on next week's show as well. And then I'll get it to you as soon as I can, so that way you can have it for January. And the surprise twist is that we will take our twelve favorite selfies and turn those into a calendar and give them away. Yes, that's not not a half bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We just got about half the number of entries that we were going to get before I said that. But anyway. Well, cool. Thanks so much for sharing, Jeremy. I'm so glad you were able to return. And I'm so, 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 so glad that we were able to spend, like, what, six hours together? So much fun. Are you really? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You guys, in all honesty, like, being completely genuine, I forget how much the parks are elevated just when I get to spend them with you guys. Like, I have so much fun. I laugh so much. It was great. It was a good time, indeed. And, again, I will not let that much time go by again before i'm back in the park so you might have the opportunity yes you listener might have the opportunity to meet all three chatters in person you never know dreams come true i don't think that's anyone's dream but that being said you can reach out to us on twitter instagram (laughs) at mad chatters like you said comments at madchatters.net go follow us on facebook and see what we're doing over there and we'll see you right back here next week Take a little time to find the magic in every day. Bye-bye now. Sorry, I have more breaking news. As uh, back to Hall of Presidents breaking news, soft opening as we mention, or excuse me, as oh. we speak, soft oh. opening. People are there uh, as we the doors are open. I'm seeing it now. Oh my gosh, I'm nervous. I'm getting a report from a lady right now. Her name is Joan. <laughs> Actually, here I got a video inside the magic. Just put a video. Oh, the Trump AA looks terrible. <laughs> You know, I don't think any of them will look good recently. Just me personally. Oh, his hands are good. Yeah, they he looks are. like Billy Graham hair, though. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
They tone the hair down a little bit. So that video is on uh, inside the Magic post that, but I think Disney posted it as well. Oh man! All right. The hair is a little out of control. Wow. You know, nine eleven. We we got through that, guys. Mm. <laughs> we'll get through this trying time as well. 